Parashah 16, Exodus 13:17. After Pharaoh had let the people go, God did not guide them to the highway that goes to the land of the Philistines because it was close by. God thought that the people, upon seeing war, might change their minds and return to Egypt. Rather, God led the people by a roundabout route through the desert by the Sea of Suk. The people of Israel went up from the land of Egypt fully armed. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. But Joseph had made the people of Israel swear an oath when he said, God will certainly remember you, and you are to carry my bones up with you away from here. They traveled from Sukkot and set up camp at Edom, at the edge of the desert. Adonai went ahead of them in a column of cloud during the daytime to lead them on their way, and at night in a column of fire to give them light. Thus they could travel both day by day and by night. Neither the column of cloud by day nor the column of fire at night went away from in front of the people. Adonai said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to turn around and set up camp in front of uh, Pi-Sherif, between Migdal and the sea, in front of baal Zephon, camp opposite it by the sea. Then Pharaoh will say that the people of Israel are wandering aimlessly in the countryside. The desert has closed in on them. I will make Pharaoh so hard-hearted that he will pursue them. Thus I will win glory for myself at the expense of Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will realize at last that I am Adonai. The people did as ordered. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his servants had a change of heart toward the people. They said, What have we done, letting Israel stop being our slave? So he prepared his chariots and took his people with him. He took 600 first-quality chariots, as well as all the other chariots in Egypt, along with their commanders. Adonai made Pharaoh hard-hearted, and he pursued the people of Israel as they left boldly. The Egyptians went after them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, with his cavalry and army, and overtook them as they were encamped by the sea, by pi Hatchifat, in front of Baal Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and saw the Egyptians right there coming after them. In great fear, the people of Israel cried out to Adonai and said to Moses, was it because you weren't enough, there weren't enough graves in Egypt that you brought us out to die in the desert? Why have you done this to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we tell you in Egypt to let us alone? We'll just go on being slaves to the Egyptians? It would be better for us to be the Egyptian slaves rather than die in the desert. Moses answered the people, Stop being so fearful. Remain steady and you will see how Adonai is going to save you. He will do it today. Today you have seen the Egyptians, but you will never see them again. Adonai will do battle for you, 
just calm yourselves down. And Adonai asked Moses, Why are you crying to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift your staff, reach out with your hand over the sea, and divide it in two. The people of Israel will advance into the sea on dry ground. As for me, I will make the Egyptians hard-hearted, and they will march in after them. Thus, I will win glory for myself at the expense of Pharaoh and all his army, chariots, and cavalry. Then the Egyptians will realize that I am Adonai, when I have won myself glory at the expense of Pharaoh, his chariots, and his cavalry. Next, the angel of God, who was going ahead of the camp of Israel, moved away and went behind them. And the column of cloud moved away from in front of them and stood behind them. It stationed itself between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel. There was cloud and darkness here, but light by night there. So, but the one did not come near the other all night long. Moses reached his hand out over the sea. And Adonai caused the sea to go back before a strong east wind all night. He made the sea become dry land, and its water was divided in two. Then the people of Israel went into the sea on dry ground, with the water walled up for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians continued their pursuit, going after them into the sea all pharaohs, horses, chariots, and cavalry. Just before dawn, Adonai looked out on the Egyptian army through the column of fire and cloud and threw them into a panic. He caused the wheels of their chariots to break off so that they could move only with difficulty. The Egyptians said, Adonai is fighting for Israel against the Egyptians. Let's get away from them. Adonai said to Moses, Reach your hand out over the sea, and the water will return and cover the Egyptians with their chariots and cavalry. And Moses reached out his hand over the sea, and by dawn the sea had returned to its former depth. The Egyptians tried to flee, but Adonai swept them into the sea. The water came back and covered all the chariots and cavalry of Pharaoh's army, who had followed them into the sea. Not even one of them was left, but the people of Israel walked on dry ground in the sea, with the water walled up for them on their right and on their left. On that day, Adonai saved Israel from the Egyptians. Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the shore. When Israel saw the mighty deed that Adonai had performed against the Egyptians, the people feared Adonai. And they believed in Adonai and in his servant, Moses. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to Adonai. I will sing to Adonai, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he threw in the sea. Yah is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, I will glorify him. My father's God, I will exalt him. Adonai is a warrior. Adonai is his name.
Pharaoh's chariots and his army he hurled into the sea. His elite commanders were drowned in the Sea of Saf. The deep waters covered them. They sank to the depth like a stone. Your right hand, Adonai, is sublimely powerful. Your right hand, Adonai, shatters the foe. By your great majesty, you bring down your enemies. You send out your wrath to consume them like stubble. With a blast from your nostrils, the water piled up. The water stood up like a wall. The depth of the sea became firm ground. The enemy said, I will pursue and overtake, divide the spoil and gorge myself on them. I will draw my sword, my hand will destroy them. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, Adonai, among the mighty? Who is like you, sublime in holiness, awesome in praises, working wonders? You reached out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. In your love, you led the people you redeemed. In your strength, you guided them to your whole of a holy abode. The peoples have heard and they tremble. Anguish takes hold of those living in Plachette. Then the chiefs of Edom are dismayed. Trepidation seizes the hedge of Moab. All those living in Canaan are melted away. Terror and dread fall on them. By the might of your arm, they are still a stone until your people pass over, Adonai, till the people you purchased pass over. You will bring them in and plant them on the mountain, which is your heritage, the place, Adonai, that you made your abode, the sanctuary, Adonai, which your hands established. Adonai will reign forever and ever. For the horses of Pharaoh went with his chariots and with his cavalry into the sea, but Adonai brought the sea waters back upon them while the people of Israel walked on dry land in the midst of the sea. Also, Miriam, the prophet, sister of Aaron, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out after her with tambourines dancing as Miriam sang to them. Sing to Adonai, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he threw in the sea. Moses led Israel onward from the Sea of Suf. They went out into the shore desert. But after traveling three days in the desert, they had found no water. They arrived at Marah, but couldn't drink the water there because it was bitter. This is why they called it Marah, bitterness. The people grumbled against Moses and asked, What are we to drink? Moses cried to Adonai, and Adonai showed him a certain piece of wood, which, when he threw it into the water, made the water taste good. There Adonai made laws and rules of life for them, and there he tested them. He said, If you will listen intently to the voice of Adonai your God, do what he considers right. Pay attention to his mitzvah and observe his law. I will not afflict you with any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, because I am Adonai, your healer. They came to Ilium, where 
There were twelve springs and seventy palm trees, and camped there by the water. They traveled on from Milium, and the whole community of the people of Israel arrived at the Seen Desert between Ilium and Sinai. On the fifteenth day of the second month after leaving the land of Egypt, there in the desert the whole community of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The people of Israel said to them, We wish Adonai had used his own hand to kill us off in Egypt. There we used to sit around the pots with the meat boiling, and we had as much food as we wanted. But you have taken us out into this desert and let this whole assembly starve to death. Adonai said to Moses, Here I will cause bread to rain down from heaven for you. The people are to go out and gather a day's ration every day. By this I will test whether they will observe my Torah or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they have brought in, I will turn out, it will turn out to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, This evening you will realize that it has been Adonai who brought you out of Egypt, and in the morning you will see Adonai's glory. For he has listened to your grumblings against Adonai. What are we that we should grumble, that you should grumble against us, Moses added. What I have said will happen when Adonai gives you meat to eat this evening and your fill of bread tomorrow morning. Adonai has listened to your complaints and grumblings against him. What are we? Your grumblings are not against us, but against Adonai. Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole community of Israel, Come close into the presence of Adonai, for he has heard your grumblings. As Aaron spoke to the whole community of the people of Israel, they looked toward the desert, and there before them the glory of Adonai appeared in the clouds. And Adonai said to Moses, I have heard the grumblings of the people of Israel. Say to them, At dusk you will be eating meat, and in the morning you will have your fill of bread. Then you will realize that I am Adonai your God. That evening quails came up and covered the camp, while in the morning there was a layer of dew all around the camp. When the dew had evaporated, there on the surface of the desert was a fine flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they asked each other, Manu, what is it? Because they didn't know what it was, and Moses answered them, It is the bread which Adonai has given you to eat. Here is what Adonai has ordered. Each man is to gather according to his appetite. Each is to take an omar, or two quarts per person, for every one in his tent. The people of Israel did this. Some gathered more and some less. But when 
They put it in an Omar measure. Whoever had gathered much had no excess. And whoever had gathered little had no shortage. Nevertheless, each person had gathered according to his appetite. Moses told them, No one is to leave any of it till morning. But they didn't pay attention to Moses, and some kept the leftovers until morning. It bred worms and rotted, which made Moses angry at them. So they gathered it, morning after morning, each person according to his appetite. But as the sun grew hot, it melted. On a sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers per person. And all the community leaders came and reported to Moses. He told them, this is what Adonai has said. Tomorrow is a holy Shabbat for Adonai. Bake what you want to bake, boil what you want to boil, and whatever is left over, set aside and keep for the morning. They set aside, they set it aside until morning, as Moses had ordered, and it didn't rot or have worms. Moses said, today, eat that, because today is a Shabbat for Adonai. Today, you won't find it in the field. Gather it six days, but on the seventh day is the Shabbat. On that day, there won't be any. However, on the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather and found none. Adonai said to Moses, How long will you refuse to observe my mitzvah and teachings? Look, Adonai has given you the Shabbat. This is why he is providing bread for two days on the sixth day. Each of you, stay where you are. No one is to leave his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. The people called the food man. It was like coriander seed, white, and it tasted like honey cakes. Moses said, here's what Adonai has ordered. Let two quarts of man be kept through all your generations so that they will be able to see the bread which I fed you in the desert when I brought you out of Egypt. Moses said to Aaron, Take a jar, put in it two quarts of man, and set it aside before Adonai to be kept through all your generations. Just as Adonai ordered Moses, Aaron set it aside before the testimony to be kept. The people of Israel ate man for 40 years till they came to an inhabited land. They ate man until they arrived at the borders of the land of Canaan. And Omer is one-tenth of an ephah, which is a bushel dry measure. The whole community of people, of the people of Israel, left the seen desert, traveled in stages as Adonai had ordered, and camped Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses, demanding, Give us water to drink. But Moses replied, Why pick a fight with me? Why are you testing Adonai? However, the people were thirsty for water there and grumbled against Moses. For what did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us, our children and our livestock with thirst? 
Moses cried out to Adonai, What am I to do with these people? They're ready to stone me. Adonai answered Moses, Go on ahead of the people and bring with you the leaders of Israel. Take your staff in your hand, the one you used to strike the river, and go. I will stand in front of you there on the rock in Horeb. You are to strike the rock, and water will come out of it, so the people can drink. Moses did this in the sight of the leaders of Israel. The place was named Mashah, means testing, and Meribah, quarreling. Because of the quarreling of the people of Israel, and because they tested Adonai by asking, Is Adonai with us or not? Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us. Go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with God's staff in my hand. Joshua did as Moses had told him and fought with Amalek. Then Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. When Moses raised his hand, Israel prevailed. But when he let it down, Amalek prevailed. However, Moses' hands grew heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, and he on one side and one on the other side, so that his hands stayed steady until sunset. Thus, Joshua defeated Amalek, putting their people to the sword. Adonai said to Moses, Write this in a book to be remembered, and tell it to Joshua. I will completely blot out any memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar, called it Adonai Nisi, Adonai is my banner, and said, Because their hand was against the throne of Yah, Adonai will fight Amalek generation after generation. And then we have Judges 4, 4 through 5, 31. Page 2, 73. Now Deborah, a woman and a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at the time. She used to sit under Deborah's palm between Ramah and Bait El in the hills of Ephraim. And the people of Israel would come to her for judgment. She sent for Barak, the son of Abinam, from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, Adonai has given you this order. Go march to Mount Tabor and take with you 10,000 men from the people of Naphtali and Zebulun. I will cause Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, to encounter you at the Kishron River with his chariots and troops, and I will hand him over to you. Barak answered her, If you go with me, I'll go. But if you won't go with me, I won't go. She replied, 
Yes, I will gladly go with you. But the way you are doing it will bring you no glory, because Adonai will hand Sisera over <clears throat> to a woman. Then Deborah set out and went with Barak to Kadesh. Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali to come to Kadesh. Ten thousand men followed him, and Deborah went up with him. Now Heber, the Canaanite, had cut himself off from the rest of the Canaan, the descendants of Hobak, Moses' father-in-law. He had pitched his tent near the oak of Tazalon, which is close to Kadesh. Sisera was informed that Barak, the son of Abinim, had gone up to Mount Tabor. So Sisera rallied his chariots all 900 iron chariots and all the troops he had with him from Horoshet Gagoyan to the Kishron River. Deborah said to Barak, get going. This is the day when Adonai will hand Sisera over to you. Adonai has gone out ahead of you. So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. And Adonai threw Sisera all his chariots and his entire army into a panic before Barak's sword, so that Sisera got down from his chariot and fled on foot. But Barak pursued the chariots and the army all the way to Harashet Hagoim. Sisera's entire army was put to the sword. Not one man was left. However, Sisera ran on foot to the tent of Yel, the wife of Heber, the Canaanite, because there was peace between Jabin, the king of Hatzor, and the family of Heber, the Canaanite. Yael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come in, my lord, stay here with me, and don't be afraid. So he went into her tent, and she covered him with a blanket. He said to her, please give me a little water to drink, I'm thirsty. And she opened a goatskin of milk, gave him some milk and covered him up again. He asked her, he said to her, stand at the entrance to the tent and if anyone asks you if somebody is here, say no. But when he was deeply asleep, Yael, the wife of Heber, took a tent peg and hammer in her hand, crept in to him quietly, and drove the tent peg into his temple, right through to the ground, so that he died without waking up. So here is Barak pursuing Sisera, and Yael steps out to meet him and says, Come, I will show you the man you're looking for. And he goes into her tent, and there is Sisera, lying dead with the tent peg through his temple. Thus God on that day defeated Jabin, the king of Canaan, in the presence of the people of Israel. The hand of the people of Israel came down more and more heavily against Jabin, the king of the Canaanites, until they had completely destroyed Jabin, the king of the Canaan.
On that day, Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinim, sang this song. When leaders in Israel dedicate themselves and the people volunteer, you should all bless Adonai. Hear, kings, listen, princes, I will sing to Adonai. I will sing praise to Adonai, the God of Israel. Adonai, when you went out from Seir, when you marched out from the field of Eden, the earth quaked and the sky shook. Yes, the clouds poured down torrents. The mountains melted at the presence of Adonai at Sinai before Adonai, the God of Egypt, Israel. In the days of Shaddai, the son of Achtah, in the days of Yael, the main roads were deserted. Travelers walked the byways. The rulers ceased in Israel, they ceased. Until you rose, Deborah, arose a mother in Israel. They chose new gods when war was at the gates. Was there a shield or spear to be seen among Israel's 40,000 men? My heart goes out to Israel's leaders and to those among the people who volunteered. All of you, bless Adonai. You who ride white donkeys, you who ride white donkeys, sitting on a soft saddle blankets, and you walking on the road, talk about it. Louder than the sound of archers at the watering holes, will they sound as they retell the righteous acts of Adonai, the righteous acts of his rulers in Israel. Then Adonai's people marched down to the gates. Awake, awake, Deborah, awake, awake. Break into song. Arise, Barak. Lead away your captives, son of Abiyam. Then a remnant of the nobles marched down. The people of Adonai marched down to me like warriors. From Ephraim came those rooted in Amalek. Behind you, Benjamin, is with your people. From Mekar, the commanders marched down, and from Zebulun, those holding the muster staff. The princes of Issachar were with Deborah, Issachar, along with Barak. Into the valley they rushed forth behind them, among the divisions of Reuben. They made great resolutions in their hearts. But why did you stay at the pens for the sheep and listen to the shepherd's flute playing for the flock? Concerning the divisions of Reuben, there were great searchings of heart. Gilead lived beyond the Jordan. Dan, why does he stay by the ships? Asher stayed by the shore of the sea, remaining near its bays. The people of Zebulun risked their lives, Naphtali too on the open heights. Kings came, they fought. Yes, the kings of Canaan fought at Tamaka by the waters of Megiddo, but they took no spoil of silver. They fought from heaven, the stars in their courses. Yes, they fought against Sisera. The Kishron River swept them away, an ancient river, the Kishron River. Oh, my soul, march on with strength. Then the horses' hoofs pounded the ground, their mighty steeds galloping at full speed. Cursed Mirage, 
said the angel of Adonai, curse the people living there with a bitter punishment for not coming to help Adonai, to help Adonai against the mighty warriors. Yale will be blessed more than all women. The wife of Heber, the Canaanite, will be blessed more than any woman in the tent. He asked for water and she gave him milk. In an elegant bowl, she brought him curds. Then she took a tent peg in her hand, in her left hand, and a worker's hammer in her right. With the hammer, she struck Sisera, pierced his skull. Yes, she shattered and crushed his temple. He sank down at her feet. He fell and lay there. He sank at her feet. He fell. Where he sank down, there he fell dead. Sister's mother looks out the window, peering out through the lattice. She wonders, why is his chariot so long in coming? Why are his horses so slow to return? The wisest of her ladies answer her, and she repeats it to herself. Of course, they're collecting and dividing the spoil. A girl, two girls for every warrior, for sister's booty of dyed clothes. A plunder of colorfully embroidered garments, two embroidered scars for every soldier's neck. May all your enemies perish like this, Adonai, but may those who love him be like the sun going forth in its glory. Then the land had rest for 40 years. And then we have Romans 6, 1 through 23. So then, are we to say, let's keep on sinning so that there can be more grace? Heaven forbid. How can we? Who have died to sin still live in it? Don't you know that those of us who have been immersed into the Messiah Yeshua have been immersed into his death? Through immersion into his death, we are buried with him so that just as though the glory of the Father, the Messiah, has raised from the dead, likewise we too might live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will also be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was put to death on the execution stake with him, so that the entire body of our sinful propensities might be destroyed and that we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For someone who has died has been cleared from sin. Now, since we died with the Messiah, we trust that we will also live with him. We know that the Messiah has been raised from the dead, never to die again. Death has no authority over him. For his death was a unique event that need not be repeated. But his life he keeps on living for God. In the same way, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive for God by your union with the Messiah, Yeshua. Therefore, do not let sin rule in your mortal bodies so that it makes you obey its desires. And do not offer any part of yourselves to sin as an instrument of wickedness. On the contrary, 
Offer yourselves to God as people alive from the dead, and your various parts to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will not have authority over you because you are not under legalism but under grace. Therefore, what conclusion should we reach? Let's go on sinning because we're not under legalism but under grace. Heaven forbid. Don't you know that if you present yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, then of the one whom you are obeying, you are slaves, whether of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to being made righteous. By God's grace, you who were once slaves to sin, obeyed from your heart the pattern of teaching to which you were exposed. And after you had been set free from sin, you became enslaved to righteousness. I am using popular language because your human nature is so weak. For just as you used to offer your various parts as slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led to more lawlessness, so now offer your various parts as slaves to righteousness, which leads to being made holy, set apart for God. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in relationship to righteousness. But what benefit did you derive from the things of which you are now ashamed? The end result of those things was death. However, now, freed from sin and enslaved to God, you do get the benefit. It consists in being made holy, set apart for God, and its end result is eternal life. For what one earns from sin is death, but eternal life is what one receives as a free gift from God, in union with the Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. Amen. Thank you, Father God, for another great parasha. Thank you for this holy Shabbat that you've given us, and thank you for giving us the know-how to take it easy and rest. Let us uh, be happy in all the blessings that you have provided to us. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen.